Well, it's the Danger Gnome, and it is late September. It's like the last day in September, uh, and we're getting out an episode here. This episode, we're going to talk to Jeff Davis. We talked to him last winter about his uh, fat bike Fondo in Stanley, Idaho. We're going to follow up on that and talk to him about tires and a bunch of other stuff. And then we have uh, the guy that actually... Uh, named the Danger Gnome. He replied Danger Gnome to something that I posted on Instagram. And uh, I was like, hey, Danger Gnome. Hmm, That's a pretty good name, Danger Gnome Podcast. So we have Dustin Marsh. Uh, He is fresh off of, uh, let's see, the Trans-Wisconsin Single Speed USA on a fat bike tandem and uh, Marja Gessick. So... We'll be talking to him about that and more right after this. Hey, it's Uncle Gomez, and we have Jeffrey Davis from Boise, Idaho, on the phone. How's it going, Jeff? Good, Gomez. Good to be here. So uh, we talked to you, I think it was back in February. It was back last winter before you were going to do the Fat Bike Fondo in Stanley, Idaho, 40K of mountain fat biking how'd that go for you it was super fun um outside of the the ride itself which was fun just the stanley idaho winter fest uh was a lot of fun they had a lot of folks outside enjoying the cold weather and the snow doing lots of things including the fat bike condo oh cool hey jeff i'm just gonna start over here Uh, okay stand by Oh, there you are. Oh, we can cut that out. Sorry. So no worries. <laughs> I'm just make sure that that you're getting in on onto my little secret little tiny card that everything gets recorded mm-hmm. into. So uh, it's been a while since we talked, but I know that uh, before we talked, you were uh, concerned about dressing in. Uh, how'd the weather work out for you, and how'd your gear work for you? Well, a couple of folks who arrived said that their vehicles registered a temperature of minus four degrees Fahrenheit when they showed up. Um, so for a lot of folks, that's pretty cold, myself included, right? I, yeah. I, uh, I, I get down into the 10 degree range and it starts to feel a little too cold to ride. But in this case, it was minus four degrees and it was what I had to work with. So, um, the gear that you and I had talked about uh, actually worked pretty well. And of course, I think part of what we talked about was the fact that when you're sitting at the starting line and you've got your gear on, you're, you're going to feel colder than you will 20 minutes later once you've started to ride. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, no, it, it all worked out pretty well. Um, and, and, um, we, let's see. So if we start from the top down, I had a, a gore windstopper sort of beanie on under my helmet. And that, that worked really well. And then, um, I think we talked about the Gore Phantom jacket. Uh-huh. Um, and I had that on as my top layer. And then underneath that, I had a Pearl Azumi thermal long sleeve Jersey. And then under that, I had like a very thin, you know, sort of like polyester, just something to do a better job of wicking away the moisture than the, the, uh, Pearl Azumi Jersey was going to do. Gotcha. And, uh, 
those three articles to keep my core warm worked great. I ended up, you know, uh, a few miles in as the sun started to come up and the temperature started to get warmer. I just unzipped that phantom to get a little, uh, you know, cold air on me and, and it, it did the trick. It did the trick. Nice. I, I just, in, uh, to prep for this interview, I listened to our old interview, and I went on and on about Infinium. And I just wanted to ask you, so, so do you think that Infinium is is uh, is everything that I that I I, I uh, yeah that I said? I, I would agree that it is. Um, I uh, I think I mentioned the last time we talked that I'm also a hunter, and so a lot of the gear that I wear for hunting is made out of Infinium or uses, I suppose, Infinium as well. Okay. And, uh, both in, you know, the hunting that I do, which is, you know, the, I do different kinds of hunting somewhere. I'm just sitting there waiting for animals to show up and other where I'm out in the field and I'm hiking miles and miles. And in both cases, uh, I think the Infinium does a great job of, uh, keeping the wind off you and, and keeping the heat in. So I would, yeah, and, uh, I would and recommend not it. overheating. That's the thing that that's different for right. me is that it's like, well, you stay weirdly cool and comfortable. Uh, right. Even under, and, and to so, that end, yeah. to that end, at the extent, you know, we were talking from the top down, the gloves that I wore, I wore some Merino wool liner gloves. And on top of that, I wore the Gore um, Infinium gloves. Mm-hmm. And I had those inside of neoprene pogies. Now, the disadvantage of the neoprene pogies is they don't breathe at all. And still with the Infinium, um, my hands didn't get super clammy. I mean, they got a, a little bit uh, sweaty from being in the neoprene, but the Infinium did a good job of, of letting the heat get off my hands and outside of the pogies. So Cool. Yeah. And uh, after that race, we had, we had, or at the end of that conversation, we had talked about Van Helgas, and just recently you had contacted me and said, hey, I found some Van Helgas, the... The the container with that helicopter must have showed up, and you got some. Did you get tan walls, or did you get black ones? I got the black ones, the one twenty PPI. Ooh, very nice. Because now I'm I'm yeah. I'm hearing some people uh, step out and say I'd always been kind of anti tan wall, just from a style standpoint. Although when mm-hmm. I had them on my bike, people were like, "Oh my god, those are so good!" Um, and now. They're coming out and saying, eh, not as terrible as those black wall tires that I always kind of like said, uh, I like my tires black. Thank you very much. So, uh, so you got the cool 120 black ones and hey, and you, and the other thing that I just checked out is you said you get, you put a fatty stripper latex. Um, so like a rim strip in there for tubeless. Right. Uh, I've, I haven't tried the fatty stripper one, but I tried one made by uh, Cafe Latex, and oh my God, was that a wrestling match to get that sucker on my rim? Really? Oh huh. man, yeah. I I, I, I will say, it. yeah, I will say. So going back to the Van Helgers and the one twenty a little bit, like I was going to get the sixty TPI just. Uh, I was going to sacrifice a little bit of weight for durability, mm-hmm. but the the minions that came with my fat bike were 120 PPI and they held up pretty well. And so whatever, the, I know it's not quite apples to apples, right? Um, when we're talking Maxis versus, um, 45 North, but I went with the one twenties anyway, and, uh, we'll see how they hold up. But, uh, the, 
the fatty rim stripper rim strip fatty rim strips that I use to put the tires on. Um, it wasn't that hard. Uh, if you follow the instructions, of course you gotta, you know, like anything you get preparation is key. So, you know, take the old rim strip off and, and take the, take everything off and clean out all your old stands or whatever, you know, uh, mm-hmm. internal slime you might happen to be using. You got to make sure that everything is super clean, but then, um, I'm trying to remember the movie where the, the I think it's uh, my big fat Greek wedding where one of the characters says that the fix all for everything is Windex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, and I re- so I, I, yeah. So I ended up using a fair amount of Windex. And so they, they recommend maybe using a little bit of lubricant to try to get things in the right position. And so that as you're trying to mount the tires, you're not yanking on the, the, the latex rim strip. Um, and yeah. And in fact, I use latex to seat my tires when perhaps sometimes folks say use a little bit of soap or soapy oh. water to try and seat your, to try and seat your tubeless tires. I end up just spraying the, the beads with Windex and going that way. But I use um, a little sealant myself. I just, I just yeah. use the, sealant on a on a little one of those little spongy uh oh edging like paintbrushes so a okay. small yeah, yeah. trim version of it and it kind of soaks up a little bit and i put it on the rim is that's only if i'm having difficulty getting it to seal right um right but yeah that's interesting I, I really I, I really wrestled with with the cafe latex one, but I, it might have been that I was trying to get a twenty six onto a twenty seven point five, or they said, "Oh yeah, it it'll fit on there." And oh well, yeah. Good, but I had to stretch the hell out of it. But you were doing twenty seven point fives with the fatty strippers, so correct. And with a name correct. like and fatty they- stripper, you know it's got to be good. Well, and you you certainly have to be careful on your internet searches there. But I, this was a guy at work. <laughs> this was a guy at work who came to me and said, "Hey, just make sure you put the web address in exactly as I spell it out on this little piece of paper here." And he says he had used it on his fat bikes and Flagstaff. And um, what I liked about it, and and the literature that I read from Fatty Stripper, uh, when I was using my minions in the stock setup, I think I had six ounces of stands in each tire yeah uh to keep them sealed uh-huh. so far i'm running on three in each yeah. Yeah, yeah and everything's everything's holding up so that could be a function of the tire more than the fatty rim stripper but the fact that it's all holding together and, and holding air um with only three ounces of stand in each which is usually what i put in like my cross-country bike tires so cool ideally though i mean like I mean, the head wheels that I'm running, nothing uh-huh. in there. There's no tape, oh, really? nothing. So just sealant and the tire on the rim. Kind of crazy. Huh. So. Yeah. But cool. And but Van Helgas, what's, what's, your, uh, what's your initial impressions in dirt with the Van Helgas? Yes, I've only been out on two rides, and one was just like a, uh, I went out with both of my boys and we just did like a, an out and back on some relatively flat dirt trails just to get the sense of them. And, um, my first impression just being on them was that they actually turn better than the minions. And, and I don't have enough experience with fat biking in general to understand maybe the, the mechanics and the physics of how fat tires turn. But I, 
you know, I'm, I'm sort of guessing that maybe that was due to the fact that those minions are, I think they're referred to as the low fat. Uh-huh. Well, they, you know, it's the hysteresis of the tire, right? I've, yeah. uh, <laughs> I've listened to enough, uh, uh, of an old podcast that we used to, um, used to have here called fat camp they did a whole episode on rolling resistance etc um it's it's odd though you you look at the minions and you look at the uh, the van helgas and you say those van helgas are not going to roll as fast or easy as because the spacing of the knobs and the the mm-hmm. the gnarliness and aggressiveness of the tread seems to be, you know, up a step from the Van Helgas or from the uh, minions to the Van Helgas, right? So the Van Helgas look more aggressive and they roll amazingly easy. Um, Right. So. Right. For me, it was the turning. I I felt like on the, on the minions, they, it, they wanted to stay straight. You'd you'd start to turn or lean into a corner, and the minions just kind of told you, "No, we're not. We're not turning. We're staying straight." <laughs> the Van Helgas, from that in that from that perspective, the Van Helgas seem to say, "No, we can turn. Like it's, you're still on a fat bike, and it's you know you're not on a cross country bike. But we're, but we're going to turn. You want to go left? We're going to go left. You want to go right? We're going to go right." And I. I, I have, again, I haven't looked at the mechanics of it, but you know, when I measured the casings of the tires on my, I have mule foot eighties, I have Sunring Blade mule foot 80 rims mm-hmm. and mounted up the Van Helgas were 10 millimeters taller mm-hmm. at the casing, not at the tread and seven millimeters wider. So, uh, the aspect ratio on those tires is really quite different, honestly, from, the minions so they, they just rode my initial impression was that they just rode differently on the road just getting to the trail right a little, um, and a little then knob squirm perhaps on, on yep pavement yep yep absolutely and then the other part for me was that because of that extra height and i was running seven no on the road i was running this first right uh ride i was at, at eight psi um, and it just, I think that added tire height added to the feeling of, of the bounciness a little bit being on a fat bike. That was one of the things I did like about the minions is that it didn't feel like you were riding on big balloon tires. They, they were very firm. Um, but not, you know, they, they gave you a little bit of give, but you weren't bouncing all over the place. Um, that's not to say that the Van Helgas make me feel like I'm on a pogo stick, but yeah. just felt like there was a little bit more bounce in them. Right. And that can be so. tuned with, with air pressure or, uh, exactly. I, I, I like the Van Helgas because I, I, it's just the tire that does the best in most winter conditions. It's, it's got a big sweet spot where, right. uh, you know, short of when you want studs, it, can handle just about anything from, you know, ungroomed to groomed. It's, it's pretty dang good. Well, and that's, that's going to be super interesting for me to find out this week, uh, this winter, mm-hmm. both on the groomed trails up at the, up at the Nordic center and in the open stuff, you know, whether it's been pushed down by snowshoers or not. Um, that was one of the failings of the minions is I, I tried different air pressures and on different stuff and it did okay on the, on the green trails, mm-hmm. 
but uh, off the green trails that you really, they were lacking. And so it'll be interesting this winter to see how well the Van Helgas do. But uh, I got to take the Van Helgas out for another ride yesterday. Um, my son is on his uh, interscholastic cycling team and I'm one of the coaches. And I said, well, let's just take the Van Helgas out for a spin while I'm coaching. And uh, uh, the, if you've ever, if any of the, anybody's ever uh, done mountain biking in Boise, the Boise foothills are sort of high desert, um, very well groomed trails, not a lot of technical obstacles for the most part. Um, and they did, you know, I, I was, I was on a 36 pound fat bike and, chasing high school cross country riders down and they, you know, they did pretty well, uh, especially on the downhill stuff. We've got some good, nice, uh, flowy burned trails in different parts. And, uh, it's kind of fun to whip around the, the black burrow with the, the Van Helgas on. But, the when you talk about the knobs, uh, on the Van Helgas and sort of the, the burliness, they really, uh, gripped the, uh, terrain quite well going around some of these flowy bermed tracks. It was pretty fun. And do you have like kitty litter kind of uh, sketchiness or what's the soil like there? Uh, it's not quite kitty litter. Um, I'm trying to think of another uh, place that other people might have ridden. Like if you've ever ridden in the Phoenix area, it's a oh, little bit like that. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, Yep. So it's, a, it's sort of hard desert um, with a little bit of loose uh, gravel on top, but not quite kitty litter, you know. So, are you ever going to get out to the sand dunes in the winter there? That's I think it's just I think it's just west of Boise. There's yeah, there's a couple of sand dunes in the area. There's some in in Oregon to the west of Boise, but then the Bruno sand dunes are to the southeast of us. And, uh, my son actually has a race toward that area soon. And so if we can make the time, uh, over that weekend, we'll head off into the Bruno sand dunes and we'll give it a try. Cool. So the other thing that came up during our discussion, you asked me about pedals and, uh, I was like, well, I, I by and large run Chester's. I've tried a few others, uh, and, you had said, yeah, but I don't like those metal pins because they tear up my boots. So you ended up getting a pair of plastic pedals. Tell us about that. I did. So, like, context is important, right? So when I rode the that bike Pondo, um, I went with flat pedals, and I was running. Uh, the boots I was running were from Merrill, and they had their Arctic Ice Grip, whatever they, they call it. Right. And I was running a pair of... Uh, DMR V8s and they had adjustable pins and, and I put them where, you know, I, I felt like they were comfortable. Mm-hmm. But then after 40 K the bottom of, there were sections of the bottom of my boots that were kind of torn up and I'd like to have these boots last me for right. as long as they can, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, they have, uh, I wouldn't call them pins, but those V8s have sort of embedded pins that are relatively short. And so I pulled out all the other adjustable pins and left these pins and everything is fine. But I was looking for something else. And so I ended up uh, doing a little bit of looking around on the internet, looked on your site to see what kind of pedals you guys had uh, tried out. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, looked up, went to the DMR website again. I, I liked the V8s and I wanted to see if they had anything else that I might be able to use. And they have a nylon pedal called the, the V6. Mm-hmm. which is the nylon version of their V12. And um, got those in, checked them out. Uh, I haven't had a chance to ride on them yet. First impressions, though, the spindle is not 
it, it doesn't spin very well. They claim to have, if you go to their website, they claim to have some kind of uh, bushing spindle that spins very well, and they really don't. Um, so if, if tree spinning pedals is a big deal, these are not pedals that you want to get. Um, but the, the, the platform themselves, it's all nylon, uh, nylon, um, you know, spikes, Mm-hmm. and uh, we'll, we'll see how they work. I haven't had a chance to use them yet. I was thinking about putting on a pair of old tennis shoes and just going for a few-mile ride and see what the bottoms look like yeah. when I'm done. The, uh, there seemed to be like a move to these uh, these spiked pedals, and I like them. It really does hook up on the bottom, especially if you have a, a riding shoe with kind of stealthy rubber on the bottom. Um, it can make give you a real false feeling of being clipped in, right? You're really in there well. But I, I never worried about them shredding my shoes. I often uh, regret that they shred my shins or whatever they touch uh, in a bad way. But, uh, yeah, I, I rode plastic pedals with plastic nubbed spikes on them for probably the first five to seven years of fat biking and really never felt like, oh, hey, my feet are – but I was – at the beginning of those areas, I was riding in Sorrells too, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, big, fat, wide Sorrells on plastic pedals seemed to work pretty well back then on, uh, you know, like an endo front and rear for a couple of years. And then Larry's now I'm sounding like an old fart that, you know, wants to go back. I, uh, I enjoy all of the tires that we have today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All you have to do yeah. uh, to, uh, you want to visit what fat biking was like, you know, ride a Pugsley with two endos and you'll be like, what the hell? How did this ever become popular? Because it feels really weird. Those things yep. are crazy. Yeah, and one last thing on the pedals I will say, so relative to the spindle, uh, <clears throat> the reviews that I read said after a few miles, they start to loosen up a little bit. And sure enough, I, I threw a six millimeter hex wrench on my drill and just artificially wore them in just by... Uh, you know, putting a few rotations on the spindle through the drill and they did loosen up. They're still not free spinning, uh, but they're definitely better than they were. And I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to have any problems. That's what I was thinking to myself is like, "Ah, you know, free spinning in a fresh out of the box pair of pedals. That's probably the seals or just them fitting nice and tight. And they'll, they'll wear to a point where they'll spin. So, right. Well, cool. So, uh, what's what's are you going to do the fat bike fondo again this year? What's your plans for the upcoming season? Well, Stanley Winterfest is on the calendar. Um, they have not opened up entry for the fat bike fondo yet, so I'm keeping my eye on that. Um, hotels in the area fill up pretty quickly. I found out last year, and I got lucky to get a, a single night for a single room. And so, we're going to try to take the whole family up there this year. There's Lots of other things to do besides just the fat bike fondo. Yeah, man. Um, I would go to one of those hot springs in the wintertime. It has to be just ah, awesome. Yeah. It's, the hot springs are great. The What I found when I was there last year, or I guess earlier this year, was the community was great, too. As I was just sort of riding around, uh, you know, because it's at higher elevation for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. And as I'm just riding around, just kind of getting used to it, so, you know, it's, 
25 degrees outside. Folks are out on their front porch having a drink, enjoying the winter fest, and you know, inviting me over. Like, hey, how's it going? Nice bike. Come have a beer. Well, all right, if you if, if you insist. Yeah, that's nice. That that that's uh, that's a blast from the past. That doesn't happen very often no. anymore. Uh, right. That's cool. So there's that. Um, Bogus Basin is just up the hill from Boise, and they have a Nordic Center, and so I plan on. I'm going to try to get more people up there. I don't know what the, uh, uh, you know, I only have my experience here in Boise and then a lot of experience in Flagstaff, but the ski area here in Boise, they're trying to open things up for fat bikers, but they also let it be well known that this is not their bread and butter and that uh, they they want people to especially, uh, fat bikers to be especially kind to the cross-country skiers, that to fat bikers need to stay in their lane quite literally as they groom the trails. They say, this is your section of the of the trail and the rest is for the skiers. So if, if I can try to get some more folks here in Boise who uh, ride fat bikes to get up there, you know, a couple times a week and, and and make the presence known a little bit that's that would be that would be nice um i'm trying i'm also trying to schedule uh an event with my son's cycling team to see if we can't rent some fat bikes in the winter and get the whole team up there and and for for maybe like an off day when the skiing is in high and and get us all out there and do some fat biking as well cool well all right i uh i i hope that you know if there isn't a boise Global Fat Bike Day celebration. I think Jeff Davis, you <laughs> should rally the troops. All you know, I, I don't know how many, but Boise is a fairly robust cosmopolitan metropolitan area. People have to have fat bikes. I know there's another dude out there because that's how I know that you have uh, the dunes. So uh, yeah, at least got two, and yeah, you know, you can just go out by yourself. That's the, a beautiful there thing. Is a... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. There is a social media presence here in Boise for fat bikers. Um, But my estimation would be that the members of that social media group are probably no more than 10. But hey, 10 is better than one. Right. (laughs) Once a year you get together with that that tribe and uh, you have a couple of beers, you ride around, you have a good time. And you send your Uncle Gomez a picture of it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. All right, I have one last closing question uh, because sure. I ride with music. What is your favorite song? What is the song that comes on and you're like, Brap! mine is, uh, I'll tell you mine. Mine is right sure. now is, uh, oh, damn it. Now I, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, it's that it's that band with Dave Grohl in it. Um, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters Everlast, that song, that dun, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. just like, I, my legs just fly. That's Foo Fighters Everlong is on my list. I, I, I uh, was just on my iPod pad. It's not an Apple product. Whatever it is that I use to put my music on. I, I was just looking at my list the other day. And so that song is on there. But if I think about the song that really like sort of flips the switch and it's like as tired as you can be and as many miles as you may have put in for the next three minutes, that song is going to get you pumped. And for me, it's Lenny Kravitz. Are you going to go my way? Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I'll that, that, that guitar riff, that guitar nice. riff, and that at the beginning of the song, and the guitar solo in the middle, just like yeah, just start pumping the pedals. <laughs> nice. Well, all right, Jeff. We'll uh, we'll have to catch up again, uh, maybe later this winter. You, uh, uh, but you know, you don't have to do a global fat bike day because every day's just a global fat bike day. Get That's together, right. <laughs> ride bikes, have fun. And uh, we'll uh, see you. We'll see, you. man. That you, I, I want to go to Idaho so bad. I really want to go out and ride uh, all of that, all of those dunes in eastern Oregon, western Idaho, and the Oregon coast. So maybe someday when hitchhiking yeah. is safe again. <laughs> <laughs> or I can jump a freight train with my fat bike and gear. That's right. Like a hobo. All right, my man. Thanks for being on the show. Right, thanks, Gomez. We'll see you. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hey, we're back. It's Uncle Gomez. How's it going? And we got Dustin Marsh. Welcome to the show. <laughs> How's it going? It's going. So, in the beginning of the show, I told people that, uh, and I don't even know if you realize this, but uh, it was your comment on an, an Instagram post, probably on the Black Black Ribbon, DDO. Uh, you you replied to something, Danger Gnome, and I was like, boom, there's the name of the new podcast, Danger Gnome Podcast, and here we are today. I'm going to get that tattooed in my ass. <laughs> All right. So uh we ha- I have a whole list of uh of unbelievable crazy stuff. It's like we have superhumans on our little uh cult of product testers. Um Mr. Dustin Marsh did the single speed USA on a single speed tandem along with you know, probably the person that was carrying most of the pedaling wattage, Emily, you know. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because <laughs> she's a hammer. We all know it. Yeah, sure. So how did you do that? There were sections that were so steep up and or down that I was like, holy crud. Well, I mean, we are walking the same shit as everyone else was. Oh, all right. Well... <laughs> Somebody told me, I don't even think he walked. I was like, fuck. It was funny. The difference through the weekend is uh, it started out with people doubting us being able to, you know, ride the course on this single speed fast tandem. And they're all in disbelief and making uh, Emily get a little nervous about what we were getting into. And then uh, by the end of the day, we had people wishing they had as much traction as we did with, you know, two big fat tires. Taking oh, yeah. all of our torque and sticking it to the ground. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that's true. Uh, I just didn't have enough horsepower to get up some of those hills with the pedaling. But sure. heck, I could walk the blank out of them. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can always walk. Yeah. So, well, that's cool. You had you had fun. I had fun. It was a oh, groovy event, man. Uh, we beat. Spinner in a derby too. So 
<laughs> really? I'm pretty sure we got like second place or something by default. Dude, that's that's saying something. So I'm trying to bloody get my phone open so I can look at my list. So Trans Wisconsin, explain that little riddle. What what is it? All right. So oh, way back in the day, some people were doing uh, moto uh, enduro races. Mm-hmm. all over Wisconsin, and it turns out my cousin was involved in uh, creating some of those routes. And then a few years later, someone tied a bunch of those routes together to create this Trans-Wisconsin Adventure Trail, which was, uh, was designed for motos to uh, ride across Wisconsin from north to south and south to north, whatever way you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and in uh, 2010... Some people did a mountain bike race on this route and decided it kind of sucked because there was a bunch of highway on it. Kind of disappeared after that for a bit. But uh, this dude out of Madison, Frank Hessler, has been uh, coming up with this new route for mountain bikes. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same idea, but hit a lot of really nice gravel roads, ATV trails, and then a lot of single tracks. Oh, cool. So the route goes from kind of near Dubuque on the Illinois-Wisconsin border at the point of beginning where the state was initially surveyed from. Mm-hmm. And it takes all the way up to uh, First Day First Farms over by, uh, where is that? Platteville? Bayfield County or something like that, right? Uh, on the south, the uh, Hearst Farm. Oh, 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 uh, Platteville, yeah. Yeah, I know you've forgotten a lot of things there. Um, <laughs> I slipped in my car there once. My truck. Yeah. Well, then it goes over to the Mississippi River for a bit, snakes up over towards Baroqua, does uh, Sighty Hollow Trails, Kickapoo Valley Reserve. Mm. Uh, that's another Anywho, it gets up, up to Levis Mound. Where I got you lost. Tell me, dude, how bad did you want to kill me when we got <laughs> got you lost when you were like 90 miles into your day? <laughs> well, I asked Adam if, if he went the right way, if you knew where we were going. He said you uh, had a route, so I, I let you do your thing, and your thing was going the wrong way. <laughs> I'm like, I got like eight maps going right now, dude. I can get up there. Yeah, that's kind of like, uh, now you know. That's what I do. <laughs> if I'm ever like, yeah, we should go this way, you should be like, um, yeah, no. Go mess, follow me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just bad at directions. Horrible. Continually. So, Levis, we saw you there. You looked grand. Lovely. Saw the northern lights almost that night. Mm-hmm. Um, from Levis, it goes up to the, uh, you know, bunch of farmland, middle of nowhere. Yeah. Kind of a gravel. Um, trying to think of what interesting. Ladysmith? Uh, I'm, th- I'm trying to think uh, of what's north of Levis. Webster? Uh, first, there's some really nice uh, motorized trails up at Perkinstown. It's like a super nice two track through the woods, but it's pretty quiet. Um. From there, it works its way up to Hayward, does 
56 miles of the Canva trails in one day. <laughs> well, well, I probably shouldn't have done it all in one day, but that's how I did it. Um, right, I saw that you rode, like, had to be the, uh, oh, what is it, the Blank Lake trails the, with Wall Street, that big. Rock Lake. Yeah, Rock Lake, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, goes up to Bayfield, hits Mount Axel Bay, and then goes to the very tip of the Bayfield, the peninsula at Point Detour. Nice. Bayfield, that Astroboy uh, trail, I, I was pretty amused by a lot of their, they had cool stuff on their trail signage. You could tell yeah. people have a sense of humor up there. Eagle Bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, and Trogdor, fucking uh, yes. from All-Star Runner and uh, <laughs> Strong Bad, if you guys are familiar out there with Strong Bad. I don't know. I think you might yeah. be a little older than me. Well, speaking of, yeah, speaking of old people, uh, uh, Naked Steve. I think that's how I have him in my phone. Yeah, um, you know Naked Steve, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Naked Steve. Uh, we're talking to a guy from Marshfield, right? The cat yeah. from Marshfield that fly fishes. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually ran into him right when I was starting my ride at Asheville Bay, so I got to see that whole. That whole trail system riding with him and uh, his lady. That was He's fantastic. a ripper, too. That guy's an old that single was, speeder and what a hoot. always goes fast. Because once you're fast, you're always fast. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was real nice. Because the day before that, I'd spent the entire day riding in the rain. Oh. Luckily, that yeah. was the one day of riding that was on sand roads the entire day. So I was actually able to ride the road. Oh. Gritty. It's kind of cool. Other than, you know, destroying my drive train, but yeah. whatever. It makes me run if you can get them. So you did that whole thing on Fargo, question mark, Salsa Fargo? Uh, I did. And, and on the front of that Salsa Fargo is a Wren beefcake fork, right? Beefcake. Yeah. So, and, and you're running... Like a Chub Hub and what is it a twenty nine er or is it a twenty seven point five? So you got like the the mullet going twenty nine in back twenty seven point five in front question mark fill us in on that wheel situation my dude. All right, we're gonna rewind a little bit here. All right. So when I first started playing with that fork, I was like, that's eh, too short for the Fargo, but it would fit on my Warbird, you know, more of a gravel race bike. Mm-hmm. You know. It's a little bit long for the Warbird, but I wanted to put a little chunkier tire on it so I can bike back on that bike. So I stuck it on there with a, I had a, that was the Chub Hub setup with a 27.5 by 2.1 tire mm-hmm. on like a 35 millimeter rim that kind of chunked it out a little bit. Um, didn't want to go too big on the tire because I had a 700 by 35 in the back. That's the biggest I could really fit. Gotcha. Um, did some fun backpacking on that. That was a fun setup, but getting into, when I was planning this Trans Wisconsin route, I was like, no, oh, I should try the beefcake on the cargo. So I had, what did I do? I put a, a wolf tooth makes like a external cup headset extender. So it's like 20 millimeters longer than the uh, bottom of the down screw. Right on. Head tube. Oh, uh, okay. So 
bring up the front end of the bike a little bit because this fork is a little short for the side. Gotcha. Gives me a little clearance for the toes. Um, so then I set it up with a 29 by 2.6, which is the biggest that fits in that mm-hmm. fork. Sure. And it had just enough clearance for a dynamo light to be mounted in the uh, foot crown. Uh, cool, because it's got the it's it's got the internal routing for the white ring, right? Um, or does it? Let me check on internal routing on this one. This one is like a kind of a prototype. Gotcha. Yeah. Missing a couple of the pieces, but it gets the general idea. But yeah, that dynamo light fit in is just right. Had a little flat extender in there too to keep the dirt out. And uh, what the heck, I had a. 29 by 2.35 in the back. So, a little less melody than the Warbird, but, yeah. But turning that okay. Fargo into full, <laughs> I would call it slim plus, because when I slim down fat bike as much as possible with a 50 millimeter rim, I call it slim fat. So, slim plus. Drop bar slim plus. Transcontinental cruiser. Well, at least Trans Wisconsin cruiser. So, totally conquered Wisconsin from south to north. And then, for your next trick, <laughs> you went to. What's a, what's a better idea after doing 800 miles of bike packing than to turn around? I, I think I, I worked for three days. I went back to work. Yeah. And then turned around and drove up to the UP in Michigan to go ride the Margie Gesset. So that's just one little thing there. Now that you rode on a mountain bike, though, right? Yeah, I got my mountain bike for that. But don't, don't, don't be apologetic about that. riding a mountain bike. Oh, I was so excited to get on a big, squishy bike with suspension and brakes that worked again and sticky tires. Cool. Uh, and, uh, and you... Do, did the uh, entire enchilada, and how'd that work out? Great. So I'm stupid, and I've made the same mistake now six times, because <laughs> that's how many times I've finished that stupid thing. Yeah. That, that is a long bike ride. I ended up with 116 miles, and what the heck was it, 17 hours, 20 minutes or something? Yeah. My only goal this year was that I was going to finish before bar closed so that I could get some food. And I did. Sweet. Nice. What'd you order when you got to the bar? Pizza and a PBR. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Ah, the victory meal of champions. Well, cool. And then you, have you given up bike riding now? (laughs) You did those three things in a row. <laughs> so after we got back from doing the Margie, I looked at the weather for Monday morning. It was going to be foggy, and I was like, "Well, I'm not going to drive to work in that. I'm going to ride my bike." Oh, of so, course, yeah. Because well, riding the bike becomes like some out of of an addiction. If I don't ride every day, I completely miss it. So. I ride all the time, too. I drive to work. I but not, not 116 miles of, like, the hardest mountain biking in the Midwest. Yeah, yeah I don't do that. Aggressively safe your nether region. <laughs> there is 
something in the rocks there. I don't know what it is, but I think they vibrate or something. Dude, that's it's a it's supposedly a brutal race. I've never done it, and it's yeah, probably too late for me. <laughs> it's super fun though. It's the entire day you're on incredible trails, and they're all you know, it'd be it'd be a hoot if you were fresh, but no, you had to ride eighty miles to get to this point, so. I would just hurt, and that cool jump is like, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 got to have an upside to it, right? The ultimate oh. challenge. You see Jesus, and you push yourself to, you know, new levels of uh, of of discomfort and glory and fun. And fun. Oh, and fun. I that ride, I have more fun than I did the year before. Mm. And I think I may have broken my streak of taking longer every year, too. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well. I don't know if that's good or bad, but. Time isn't even real, man. That's what I say. Not on that day. That's, yeah, it's, you look at the clock and it's like, wow, I've been out here for 10 hours already and I don't even. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so, uh, I'm actually going to do a bike race. This is, you know, it's only 22 miles long. I'm still thinking close to three hour effort to do this mountain bike race. It's the fall color festival at Kettle Moraine, a brown loop and two blue loops with no gnome loops, um, on fat bike, right? What so, the the brown loop? Uh, it's like the short loop. It used to be called the red loop. It's like the beginner loop. That's what they uh, do as a prologue to get everybody stretched out before they get out on the blue, I guess. Um, so, although there aren't very many places to pass on the brown loop either. So, but I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll, you know, I'm not going to worry about passing anybody. <laughs> I'm just going to be worried about finishing three hours of bike racing but a couple of my buddies are racing and you know it's it's gonna make for an interesting story if nothing else but last time i did a race i tried to eat bars and there's just no way trying to ride fast and eat solid food yeah it's yeah (laughs) yeah, that does not go, go together so i i want to just be able to drink my nutrition and i eat a bar an hour that's kind of what i go by um mm-hmm. i eat rx bars because they're a little lower on sugar um <laughs> so is so that my, like my food of choice wouldn't work for you then because i like gummy worms in my food bag <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like gummy worms period but um <laughs> and they would be i think equally hard to get down although you could probably just swallow them almost whole and then they would digest uh but I'm thinking, like, how can I... I guess I could just use gels, right? What I've been doing is actually, uh, for Margie, I did... Uh, I've got a bunch of that perpetual stuff laying around from uh-huh. when I actually like, did a lot of racing all the time. Um, so I was using that in addition to the Embark uh, Elderberry Maple oh, energy okay. stuff. Uh-huh. So I like got a a third or a half of a, a pouch of that and a bottle of water is good for, you know, like an hour. 
some riding. You get a bottle of water. You get some, some fuel from it. Mm, yeah, that's, yeah, that's also beer sugar, but. So I have to do that, you know, in the next couple of days, figure out how I'm going to, you know, get calories in. Otherwise, I have bars. I guess I could just pull over and eat a bar. Have you ever considered like an IV bag and a camelback and just run that in your arm? I thought about running a camelback instead of fiddling for bottles. You know, lunch has margaritas in his. Shout out to Dave Lons, DaveLons dot com. Hi, Dave. So, uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's everything that I had on my dang list. Yeah, crazy. Oh, you know, you know what else we got? We have these. uh, We have these arrow, the spider rack, and dry bags that go on these uh so a, a handlebar cradle and a chainstay mounted rack that you can carry three bags on if you want and orange bags so we got to get together and we, i got to shoot some pictures of the vantana fully loaded up oh yeah that would, that would work well on the vantana so i'm um, doesn't happen in mounts on the back end like a proper bicycle should. So I I've been looking at the Black River State Forest map, mm-hmm. and there's a triangle of places to camp. So Hatfield, basically East Fork Campground, like straight up lakefront rustic camping. Uh, oh yeah, camping. I stayed there in the winter when the van went. Um, and then there's a backpacking shelter. Uh, dispersed camping down uh, around uh, Milliston uh, on the Wildcat Trails. So that'd be first night. And then I'm thinking Lake Wazee or Castle Mound or something else. There's plenty of dispersed stuff between Wildcat and East Fork out in those flowages. Oh, yeah. And it's before uh, duck hunting season. Well, if we do it soon, it's before duck hunting season. Because, you know, nothing like being woken up at dawn with some gunfire. Kablam, kablam, kablam. I once hid the duck that someone had shot near me because they had shot right towards me with a kid. I was out fishing in my kayak. <laughs> I'm like, Fuck, you're not finding that. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> you snag somebody's duck? Yeah, dropped right next to me. Like, oh, <laughs> definitely was pellets I heard going by my head. Well, I suppose, yeah, uh, that would be a fair exchange of, well, I endured some relatively unsafe, unsafe gunfire, but I got a delicious, muddy-tasting duck out of it. Not all of them taste like mud, just the good ones. Can't wash the mud out of their liver. It's an old gnomish saying. So, dude, I guess uh, we're uh, we're gonna close this this segment out. 
we'll have to we'll have to get together though and ride bikes and get this stuff on on your ventana and then build igloos build an underground uh under the snow empire and ride bikes and stuff have you registered for a sweaty yeti yet Going to, I think, I think I did it. I will. And if you know, we can bring that tandem down to that. That'd be a good time. Oh yeah. So, and here's another challenge for you: is I've just deemed the triple crown of fat biking this winter is U.S. Fat Bike Open in Green Bay, then Fat Bike World Championships. In, uh, yeah, over there in the west side, where it was oh, last year. Richmond again? Yep, Richmond Center over there. So, so far it's looking like a golfing slash fat bike, because <laughs> both of those are on golf courses. Poke, poke. Um, and uh, then, not on a golf course, but just as smooth, fat bike Berkey. Triple crown. Three gems. You actually get a crown. It's made of paper. It's got rhinestones. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So, if you're into riding around in circles, etc., you might think about doing those. I might think about doing those. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure, and you know what? You just be that guy that says, tandem class. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, and then... <laughs> Just explain to Emily that you want to fucking win, and then I'll I'll get you like Jesse Lalonde's number or something. What's he gonna do? I'll stoke for you. Oh, <laughs> silly person! Oh no, you could be like mixed tandem champions. You haven't ridden with Emily on the back of a bike. All right. All right. I, I, I don't want to sell, think, but you know, I think he'd knock Jesse right down off his throne. Man. These are big races. This is the triple crown. The competition could be stiff. So, or it could be. I was going to make or, a joke about bottom brackets or something being stiff. <laughs> uh, or it could be just U and M in the category alone and automatic champions, automatic first place, last place. You get the whole tandem. You put the Put the tandem up on the podium. Take the podium shot. Spray the champagne. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about. That could fly at Berkey. I don't know how the uh, other two. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I didn't stick around for awards at at uh, Worlds last year. Yeah, I'm hoping we can at least for sure make it to the Berkey because that's always a good part. Yeah. Well, I think the I think the U.S. Open will be the be the most fun one because George and Green Bay, those guys know how to throw down. Yeah, I haven't made an open there yet. Probably should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they throw a good race, and the competition is good. Green Bay has uh, one of the states, you know, better quality of of athletes. I think. Although the coolie climbers and those folks down in Richmond would argue with me. 
be like, we are the best in Wisconsin. Then the people from Shawam are going to be like, yeah, we're not the ones. Because, I, I don't know. Anybody fast out of out of the Northwoods? Uh, they're all hiding in the woods. You never know until they go flying by you. <laughs> I was talking about racers. Well, Jesse Lalonde lives out there now, but I don't know if he's racing anymore. All right, mister. That's our show this time on the Danger Gnome. We have Dustin. Any words? You named the show. You'd be like, sorry. <laughs> going to be tattooed on my ass. But not to your face. Oh, yeah. We're back to tattooing Danger Gnome on your ass. Fantastic. Look for that on the site. www. Fat dash bike. Dad cap. All right, Dustin. We'll see you later. Later. Bye. Oh, let me push the button.